after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch Yeah, it's also brunch Which is what? The most associated with drinking yeah, of all of the, of the food Yeah, yeah. Like what are you going to do? Just take shots of syrup? I mean, I would. I absolutely would. That's a history in our family. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not actual shots. So we didn't keep like cookies or candies or anything in the house. So anything we ate that was like sweet was (laughs) chocolate, like chocolate chips that would go into chocolate chips, like the semi sweet Mm -hmm. syrup. I used to eat. Powdered sugar. powdered sugar. I fucking love powdered sugar. Yeah, I still love powdered but sugar. But yeah, mom never had any like, it. you know, a sweet was a treat, like a special occasion. Yeah. But we did have syrup for pancakes and shit like that. And I would, both of us would climb up and she kept it on the top, top shelf. Yeah. We'd climb in there and like chug syrup. <laughs> I always got caught when he never got caught. That's right, bitch. I'm not as clunky as I you. I still do it. Brandon's going to be listening to this and be like, we have okay. sipping syrup at home. We have maple syrup. syrup. Are you serious? Yep. Okay. We always I get don't it do that anymore. with the intent to make pancakes, but then you, right. you know, you're going through the cabinets and you're like, oh, I'm just sweet. a little well, nip. Like, yeah. Sometimes pancakes are really, really good, but sometimes they're just a vehicle for the syrup. Yeah, sure. And Absolutely. the butter. And the butter. Mm. Just like, Dang, that sounds good. I put far too much butter on most bread, breakfast bread items. It just makes it so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I support you on that. Thank you. Um, Have y'all seen all the Jamie Lynn Spears stuff? I assume it's so good and just getting better. It's so juicy. (laughs) I've followed a few people who are calling her Judas Lynn. I'm so conflicted because all I want to do is listen to her book, but I'm like, I also don't don't want to give her money. I'm waiting for a celebrity memoir book club to read it and then talk about it. And I'll listen to the podcast. Uh, I wonder if Lindsay and Bobby will read it for the Patreon. Maybe we should Um, write them. Yeah. Please do this. We don't want to support her. I mean, I'm sure we, you could download it. Oh yeah. Yeah. By now. I remember my friend gave me the first hunger games book, like in a PDF. Yeah. You can, I can. Yeah. I'm gonna get this PDF. Yeah, check it out from the library. Yeah, <laughs> get one of the what are they microfiche yeah, things of just her book. <laughs> you're just like wide eyed, like oh god, it keeps getting. Do worse. y'all know that photo? I, we were talking about. I derailed literally at least five coworkers on Friday about this because I was like, have y'all heard about it? And then. It, just one woman was like, no, and it, we all just went in on her. There's this photo that's like kind of well known, but my friend Carly posts it like multiple times in our work chats. But it's a photo of Brittany, Jamie Lynn, and their weird skeezy brother from David LaChapelle. And it's in their Kentwood, Louisiana home. Hold on, April. And Jamie Lynn is it. like three foot ten. Yeah, she's, she's a, little, a child. Little kid. Yeah. It's just Britney dancing in this really like perfectly two thousand one like bando top and like mini skirt. With that she wood looks paneling amazing. in the background. Yeah. yeah. What's the context of this? Like why was this I don't recall, but my friend post she's like, I think about this photo often. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah, it's it looks like, like a Renaissance. She looks like Jesus. Yeah, she, like, does. she does. Yeah, she does. 
And why it looks like her brother's on the floor just being like, get out of the way. He has a remote control. Yeah, he's and he's like, like I want to watch TV. I'm trying to play Halo, I watch bitch. Room Raiders. He was yeah. playing Halo. Um, we also started talking about Room Raiders man, yesterday. It was a that, real good that walk. That period of MTV where everyone had fi- has accepted that MTV was not going to play music videos except for TRL. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't and late quite to night. Jersey Shore yet. Yeah. That kind of like 2003 it to 2007. Game show reality only. Yeah. Yeah. That was the it was um, the most accessible, uh, I think. Singled yeah. out. Oh, singled out's like, even man. older though, I would right? Yeah. Rush home it is. to watch Singled Out yeah. and then call my friend and talk about it as the show was on. I learned ninety percent. Uh what was the Dr. Drew section? Oh, um Loveline? Yes. Well, oh. Loveline was a radio show. But it was also on MTV. They did I make remember it, into it was like around the singled out time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about uh, Room Raiders, how everybody had like a, a secret panty somewhere. Right. And it was like, find the panty. And then how next, next was next fucking next. gold. Is, oh, then it was all the VH1's kind of answer that was like Rock of Love, mm-hmm. Flavor of Love, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Celebrity Rehab, Surreal amazing, Life. Amazing, amazing show. We yes. were talking about it because they brought Joe Millionaire back recently yeah there's a new mm-hmm. joe millionaire and i was like this one was i didn't watch it the first go round because i was like so it's bachelor but for gold diggers but then after that is when flavor of love and rock of love came out and mm-hmm. i'm like well that was also for gold was diggers. It? yeah so at the end of joe millionaire didn't they like find out he wasn't a millionaire yeah. so there's two guys together. Or, in know, this one, together. there's uh-huh. two guys in this one. One of them is a millionaire. One of them's not. So you're dating like you, both just a of them. Regular person. Multiple me. people are dating each of them. I don't know. And huh. so then you're like, I choose this guy right. or whatever. And then he's like, I'm poor. <laughs> right. And you're like, me too. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I know it. that this is the time for... Is this the, socioeconomic it, it, yeah, class sure. war? And so at the end, if all, say all the women choose the like poor person, is it like now we guillotine the rich person, and then that <sighs> is what gets us through late stage capitalism? I would watch that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we you know they say the revolution will be televised. Little did they know, yeah. reality TV that like this is how we're doing it. I and just... then the next episode is like a chopped episode, but it's with millionaires. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the that's mm-hmm. the Iron Chef who's gonna get mm-hmm. chopped, yeah. and then we're gonna eat Gordon him. Ramsay is the execution yeah seriously because he's just not quite rich enough yeah. to be considered like, yeah oh man on he's the top skirting it. he's yes. like no i've been making a lot of donations lately right. <laughs> yes that's my my shirt yeah a dolly, dolly and it says when it comes time to eat the rich only one will be spared and it's dolly three separate people have sent me that on oh really on instagram that's yeah funny. i was at a fucking show wearing this and some guy was like oh ha, 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 i like your shirt are you a libertarian and i was like oh honey get the fuck away from me <laughs> never ask me that that is not what this shirt is saying are you a libertarian which is basically like, the most the thing that would most billionaires i think consider themselves right oh yeah yeah uh, did, did he think it was that was like a pickup line because i don't know i was working also and i was just like I'm i can't gonna yell at you. you every dating profile now it has like i'm a libertarian or like i'm a centrist which always means mm-hmm. which always means you're right right but I, so it is like it wasn't. A I don't. 
I've been watching also and just like that. Have oh, either of y'all watched it? No, I've it. been watching TikToks so of Jen Kirkman summarizing yes, it. And, and that's they're good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I just I need to know what everybody is bashing on and it's it's a great hate watch. I think I've talked about it before. Mm. <laughs> on the podcast but please yeah. watch and just like that because it's great and now carrie is dating and she's like swiping on all dudes at the end of the latest episode they double puked on each other which was hilarious <laughs> oh like in, during sex no they had like gotten hammered both of them had like a spouse die and so to kind of break the ice they both end up getting hammered and then they walk out and he's just pukes and she sees it and pukes yeah. and then they double puke <laughs> and i was like this is funny yeah this is this is the sex in the city we want yeah. not the not the annoying like harry had to get a hip replacement surgery or something oh. in a, another episode and it was like oh this isn't fun go back <laughs> to double puking yeah please. i yeah. like the double puking what have i been watching oh i, I started cheer season two I, we started cheer season two last got night. through almost all of it really they haven't Jerry's been in the scenes, but they haven't straight on addressed it yet. And they I assume will. he's the kid that, Yeah. Ooh. That happens, I assume, in like the second or third? Or is it it's later? Like the fifth. I'm oh, surprised okay, that shit. they like would have have him in the show at all. I think they, you know, it seems well, like they addressed it at the very beginning. Yeah. Like if, at the very opening of the first episode, they kind of say like, hey, he's gonna be in this, but I, this will be addressed. I just don't think that you would ever want to take somebody like that and put him in a situation where you could potentially get him sympathy they at no point talked to him yeah, or interviewed like whatever interviews him. they had done before they had to stop filming because yeah. it starts before it starts in january 2020 what i did a lot of reading yeah. about it but uh whatever footage they had and i'm certain they were interviewing him many times throughout 2020 because he was like blowing up yeah everyone loved him whatever like they don't show any of that he's, he's just like kind of barely in, in it you yeah. see him like kind of while they're focusing while they're, on somebody else yeah. he's just there and it i thought that was i think that's a smart way to do it and yeah. especially address it head on in yeah. uh one of the i guess episodes that i haven't but gotten to episode five well i feel like at the very beginning they do she is like it, it's like, like um yeah it's like the the christian crazy christian woman with the hair like where they're like oh a helicopter uh, crashes right. and then you forget about it for a yeah. while mm -hmm. and then it comes yeah. back and so sure. I think it was something like that but um, it's episode I think it's episode 5 maybe 6 and it's all focused on that and where everybody was and how they reacted and they also uh, talked to the uh, two of the victims <gasps> and oh, God, I really just got, and like, they I don't like that chills. they choose to they want I was to they say are very very clear on mm -hmm. that they want to and that they're kids though right they are and it's jarring because you never see the actual because they look like Children's. 15 year old boys yeah. right and they're twins they look like a weasley a pack of weasleys <laughs> um but they yeah and they are very very like powerful in what they're saying and like very this is not the first time they've talked about it. But yeah, I, I don't your face is kind of doing age. the same that I felt. But it was like, this is a huge ass wake up call. And then one of them is like, I want people to see my face and see how young I look. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> good. I mean, good for, good for them if they do have, the, I guess, the maturity. I don't know. That freaks. Because I think of some of the things that when I was 15 that I probably would have felt very like sure and strong about. 
and look backing on it and be like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm. Not necessarily in the context of what happened to them mm-hmm. and why they feel like they should speak about it, but more putting yourself out to the public to be right. scrutinized for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. For I something mean, that's of no fault of your own or not fair and you feel like you're doing the right thing, but that seems when i was 15 i was very open about uh an assault that happened when i was 15 and i was very open about it and very like if i talk about it this might help other people talk about Mm -hmm. it but within like a year i had a friend write me a note that was like if you keep talking about this people are going to think you're lying and like this really fucked up that's real fucked up (laughs) yeah and so I'm hoping that we don't live in that kind of like this was a while back (laughs) when I was 15 Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm hoping that we don't live but I do like if my friend was reacting that way it is like how are how's the public public about to turn on you yeah well hopefully that doesn't happen to them well I don't think there's any way that like he's admitted to the FBI about 10 victims I think Or 10 cases. I don't know. It's a rough watch. I think there's some good points that are made. And I think there's some like, ooh, (laughs) okay. I mean, I think it's... Maybe find another way to say that. There's no way to, I feel like, do do that that perfectly. No. So, I don't know. Do they like tie it back to like the cheer industry and like... Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The two boys Mm -hmm. talk heavily about it Mm -hmm. because that's... They were in that and they were like there's no safety even in this thing that I love. Right. Mm-hmm. It's and a heavy episode and then they go right back to right. <laughs> it is like, we gotta win the competition. Like hey this is important to talk about but uh, yeah. we're not gonna make you live in that right. too long. Yeah. I'm still in that I guess kind of happy pre-zone mm-hmm. but it is funny seeing all the cheerleaders like the ones who are coming back and they're like yeah I decided to come back again because like I just really feel like I can do more with my cheering it's like sure bitch okay we all know you need this platform to yeah. stay relevant yeah. just say it be like I like being famous and I'd like to continue being famous some of yeah. those people look 40 yeah. and I'm like can that you, one you can dude just who's go- like definitely has a receding hairline yes. and is like a, yes. one of the bases and he man how he, long are you gonna go to junior college well and that's the you thing is like forever. Can you just, yeah you can forever yeah like can you be involved right. in because it's not you take NC one class double uh-huh. so it's like ac or something yeah i think there's different restrictions on that kind of stuff yeah because you can only do i think it's like five years or something you can do a victory lap in NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. What if, say you're a cheerleader and then you come back for adult education in your late 30s? I like, really are you classes. allowed? Yeah. Are you allowed no. to join the cheerleading mom, team? Mom tried to do this to me one time. So I, play, I, I played soccer in college. Mm. Played soccer. I went to, it's fine. Um, She's I, got a ring. I showed up at the field. I did. And I was there for a year and a half. <laughs> did I do much? No. Anyways. So I never really actually... I was redshirted the entire time. And I remember I was talking about going back to school. This is like 10 years ago. And mom was like, well, you know, you never used your four years. So you could start playing soccer again. And this is like, I was like is 25. And I'm like, no, mom, mom, I don't. She's like, you might. I don't know if those are the rules. I'm like, mom, I haven't played soccer. Because you had a scholarship. The, yeah. And I was like the peak of like my roller derby crew too. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's how it's going to happen. No. Aw, she still has hope She had for hope you. for me to be a professional Haley, women's soccer Haley, here, checking player. back in for soccer 
she drops you off at soccer every day too. <laughs> I have to soccer like nightmares still. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you have dance nightmares oh, I also. Always have, yeah. I have lots of dance nightmares. I played soccer for a minute when I was very small. Mm-hmm. And then basketball, which I should have stuck with. And then softball for many years, mm-hmm. which is surprising to few. I quit all of it at like 15, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I've she, avoided she the She started dreams. playing the skin flute. <laughs> You get, it got her into college, though, it so did. it's fine. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> you can get scholarships for crazy shit. <laughs> it's really it's really a shame you never had a chance to go pro, though. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. I could have been making real money. Yeah. Get some AVNs. Dang. Um, well, welcome to Weird Brunch. Woo! Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos. A weird Brunch. Uh, Mayamo, Whitney, Lamond. Je m'appelle Lisa. Ich bin Haley There Lamond. she is. Oh. I knew she was going to come in with the German. Ooh. That's literally the only French I know. And like we and mm-hmm. some Back numbers. Some I like know how to food. say desolé, je ne parle français, which means I'm sorry, sorry I, don't I don't speak, speak French. French. Oh. That was the main thing I said in France when I was there. I Can you write that down? But like yeah, I wrote it out phonetically okay. for myself and my phone. <laughs> it's not going to, sh- it's spell- French spelling is so hard. Yeah. Uh, but as long as you said that, people like were willing it. to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot I had one more thing to say to both in of French? you. What is that? No. Okay. I was uh, sorry all I do to socialize is work so it's another work story but um I was talking to our IT guys they were trying to explain to me the metaverse and how it's like actually becoming a thing and like mm-hmm. NFTs are basically just artwork that you're putting in your meta and I'm like this is all this is awful and then they were like well I guess you're gonna stay in the meat realm and I was like I'm sorry the meat realm meat realm is just where humans are humans. Right. Is it like the Matrix? They're all going to be... This is more in... like a Ready Player One kind of situation. It's both. Yeah. You know? I'm fine but with I was the like, Meat Realm. But then that's I Googled nice. Meat Realm to see if that's like something that... And no. No, they're trying to start something. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably beep out IT, the guys. term so it does not I'm probably going to name Can our episode the Meat Realm. Can you beep out Meat in one of them and then... But another, yes. so people have to put it yes, together. I yes, I absolutely will. Don't worry. Like it's weird. I, I the metaverse. I don't. It makes me so upset. There's no stopping progress towards those kinds of things. Like I remember when I was like 17. I feel like I'm never getting a Facebook account, and then the next year I had a Facebook yeah. account. Or I'm never going to use Siri for anything. Like that doesn't last. I do not have a smart home yet. I've, I haven't committed that fully. But we'll all be. If we're in the realm, then what is? <laughs> It's the digital realm, right? It's the metaverse. The metaverse versus the meat realm. Yeah, but I'm not going to call it that. I just don't want to have to get a Roblox account or whatever the <laughs> right. fuck I have to do. <laughs> she starts playing Minecraft now. Uh, if I, like, I, can da- I downloaded Sims for my phone. Is Love that-, that. That's fun. If I can get it to Some Lego Hogwarts, then I'll be okay with oh. that. Yeah. Just that's where you'll live. Mm-hmm. I don't no, but the know. thing is, it's never going to be cool and interesting. It's always going to default back to we will have jobs in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. It's just another form of the fuck yeah. job would we have in the metaverse? <laughs> now I'm panicked. Yeah, I guess you could be a house builder because I don't know how to build if, shit in a Minecraft. If mm-hmm. the ending of so if <laughs> robots take over all of our jobs and the only thing that we're capable of doing is farming, which be forced farming, that's in the meat universe. So if we take that same logic and move it to the digital universe, what is the digital universe's version of food production? 
Oh, it's like the Wally. We, I, I asked them this. It's mm-hmm. like a Wally. Sit, we were joking, but where you have like a tube yeah. that just hangs out in your mouth, and you just like suck on it when you need it all the time. Yeah, and you're just talking to. A, I don't. Is that bad? <laughs> Think about what we're doing right now. Struggling to survive. I just subjug, subjugated to capitalism. A lot of people are dying because they cannot get access to food or shelter. However, comfy chair, food hose, <laughs> VR world. Everyone gets I it. I just, ever since 2020 and being stuck inside, I have a large fear of bed sores. And I so this, that. all of this makes me think of Wally, and yeah. all of that makes me think of there's no way those people were able to like avoid bed sores. Yeah. <laughs> they just become, they're just, I don't think they live long enough. They well, never address the how they poop either. I bet the robots, like, one long tube. That's all we are. We all rotate you like a nurse would. Yeah. It seemed like they had other little robots that would come up and like check on you and stuff. So massage your butt. Yeah. yeah. Dang. I'm not saying I want this. I'm saying I don't not want it. I think I it's want- a good choice though. Like there are people, you know, who could live in that world and like it more and get to do more stuff. And- they all work in IT. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. We're meat verse, I guess. Team meat verse. I'm team meat verse for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm team. Like, what's the middle ground? I think it is what we have now, where you, you can do plug VR. in on the weekends yeah. or whatever. I need to get a VR. I mean, we'll, be, we'll be dead the by VR the time it's like fully adopted. through the metaverse, right? Yeah. Isn't it? It's Oculus or whatever. They're gonna have to sell off a couple of things though, because they're a monopoly. We'll see how they get around that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Ty. Well, do y'all want to tell stories? Sure. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Well, then? since we were talking about eating hey meat i can get right in there talking about some sin eaters do it oh i love a sin eater we haven't talked about this have i don't we? think so but okay. i know I don't the know term is. i'm very excited we saw nightmare alley i think we talked about that but the geek thing like really stuck with me and then when i read this i was like oh same thing but in a less aggressive way maybe sin eaters it's a tradition in the british isles for hundreds of years they like how are we going to get all of those sins out of grandpa now that he's dead he didn't there's some shit he didn't confess suck him out of him yeah i mean that was a sudden death and there was no time Mm -hmm. to find a priest if we throw some money at it we can find someone to get those sins Mm -hmm. out through the 17th 18th and 19th century uh every now and then a funeral in wales scotland and england and smaller like islands surrounding would have a noticeable plus one to their guest list and that was the sin eater why was why were they noticeable they were mostly men so i'm gonna say he noticeable because they it just very much did not look the part of a grieving family and they had one job and that was consume the sins of the dead <sighs> they were paid next to nothing that seems not fair oh none of this is fair because oh, they are man. also reviled and like pushed out of society because they've got all of these hmm. sins in them mm-hmm. and it's like yo they're doing y'all a huge yeah, solid. Right. They're doing y'all a big favor. And everyone's like, get out of here, trash. Um, and then no one really knows how the concept of sin eating began, but it people have taken it back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. <sighs> heard of it uh and then, yeah, yeah yeah there's also a jewish tradition where they manifest sins onto a goat you know scapegoat yeah meat is murder but like 
Mm, what if it's saving there's a probably human a lot of goats. soul? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, right? There's also nobles giving bread to the poor in exchange for a prayer for a deceased loved one. So they there was also a ritual or tradition of them being like, hey, 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 we just need some more voices to raise Thoughts up. Thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Can you also tell God that this guy was good? Uh, you don't know him. The ritual started to spread in the 17th century uh, and sin eaters were like frequently called up for their services and what that was was following a death often unexpected a sin eater would be summoned to the deceased's home and then the family would toss the sin eater a groat learned that word it's just a few dollars in our time okay here's a groat i I don't like it like Like it's the taint of a goat yeah i was gonna say it's taint related you like chew on it yeah okay so it's not that though no No. okay it's we'll find out what that is and we'll go from there it's money it's okay it's a small amount of money and then they would lead the sin eater to the corpse the family would then watch the sin eater pick up food that had been left on the dead person's chest Mm. what kind of food more bread Mm-hmm. Lots of bread, lots of pastries, because that would soak up the sin. They're they're not embalming at this point, are they? No, no. This like is pretty quickly after. Bodies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as the body isn't diseased, there's nothing inherently 17th, 18th, 19th century. That's a good point. British Isles. Yeah. Usually bread or pastry. Just soak up all that sin and dab it in there. You know how, like, when you have like an au jus sauce? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know some oh that's some excretions could taste like butter you know gross get some garlic in that bit you know it's salty yeah so they would typically in the ritual they would sit on a stool and face the door like they're in timeout and then just mm, num 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 this little sin biscuit. I'm trademarking. <laughs> that is that's a my trademark. I am biscuit. very proud of yeah. that. And then they would take on all of the sins into themselves. The sin eater prayer was: I give easement and rest now to thee, dear man. Come not down the lanes or in our meadows, and for thy peace I pawn my own soul. Amen. That sounds like a deal with the devil. Yeah, it does. And so after the sin eater chugged all that sin, the family of the deceased often chased the sin eater away from their home with sticks and shouting abuse. What a weird transaction. <laughs> it's part of it. It's like, here's a here, little come snack. Come on in now. Get out. Get Thanks out for here. saving the soul it's, of my loved one. Yeah. Not even Go that. fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even say thank you. No. no. Yeah. They watched them eat and and, and attack them. It just feels like... Do you think there's a sin eater who's like, oh, this is some really filling sin. This is going to take me a while. And like every um, bite, he's like, ooh. He's like way too theatric. With I know what that tasted like. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, that could be fun. That if you're going to be, be a dick best. to me afterwards... Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. some shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Just gonna make this a whole to do. Start a heinous yeah. accusation. Yeah. Yeah. He's smelling it a lot. Like, yeah. I don't know. This smells way more sinny than you, you said it was. Oh, going yeah. I thought y'all were rich enough for yeah. baths. Yeah. No. So, who the fuck would do this? Uh, lots of poor beggars and alcoholics. Mm. Typically, they were given like this piece of bread and also ale to wash it down. Mm-hmm. So, like, here's this uh, go get drunk and then we'll chase you out okay we're gonna give you a a beer first how does one determine an alcoholic at this period of time 
because a lot of the time booze was like the only clean mm-hmm. drink you could get. I think there were tap. I mean, seventeenth, eighteenth. There were like taverns and stuff. Yeah. So probably people that were there nonstop. I think it's or a like functionality thing. Yeah, I think it's I think the poor people basically. Yeah, yeah who weren't working. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, just drinking all day on <laughs> because there was ale involved in the ritual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was people that were like, "I can't afford booze. I mm-hmm. want booze." Yeah, or I've been spending all my money on booze and not a bread yeah. item i should probably have a bread yeah i've, I've done and that booze. yeah where i'm like i've only drank for the last day and a half i should probably have a bread yeah, yeah. and it's like a bread will save your ass yeah um skinny hot girl way to do it yeah i felt really skinny and yeah, hot and great when well, i was I'm still drinking shoving <laughs> white bread into yeah. my mouth when beer is pretty bread. much liquid bread as it is yeah it's just True. bread on bread yeah yeah well you gotta put more yeast in to balance out all the yeast <laughs> fight yeast with yeast <laughs> yeast on yeast crime what? in that body people basically people who would do anything for a meal and some money uh and or booze and they were all like social outcasts because they're obviously going somewhere where there are multiple people who can then tell the townspeople like <laughs> jerry's a real either. asshole you don't really bounce back from being seen eating Dead a cupcake off of a body in a corner, in a corner on a stool looking to yourself yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and taking on whatever debauchery mm-hmm. that this yeah. richer dead person, which you know that there's some shit. There's darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, this travel writer, Catherine Sinclair in 1838, this is a pretty famous quote. Who undertook so daring an imposture must all have been infidels, willing apparently, like a sow, which I guess is somebody, to sell their birthright for a mess of pottage. Don't Corey use big words. You sound like a bitch. <laughs> I don't want to be mean right now, but you sound like a bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> pottage? Pottage. <laughs> okay, we got it. And then a man in 1852 quoted, the sin eater was utterly detested in the neighborhood. He was regarded as a mere pariah, as one irredeemably lost because of all of that sin. That's mm. not even like he didn't do it no exactly no your your dad did it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. your, your mom lived the whole life your great uncle it. you know what your great uncle yeah. did yeah. like don't put that on jerry <laughs> jerry's my sin eater today. yeah so they were forced to live alone most of the time they're impoverished even if they weren't that poor to begin with they're more fucked now what's weird to me is i feel like a lot of these people were probably the ones that are like that's not real uh, yeah of course well it's either it's not real, so whatever, I'll do what I need to do to get like booze, or they do think it's real and it's like such a heavy burden to them. But the, also, when it comes to like Christianity, so salvation by salvation alone, the mm-hmm. idea as long as you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then you'll get into heaven. So if you twice. think about it practically, if you consider yourself a Christian under those terms, you can say, okay, I'll eat this person's sins yeah. and then and immediately then go repent and then I'm cleansed. Yeah. So if other people see me as still dirty, then that's kind of on them because of the doctrine that they choose right. to understand. The only thing with that is that a lot of this was Catholic. It was the mix of Catholic and Protestant at the time. Mm-hmm. I guess. The, and so it's yeah. like that is the Protestant way of Catholics even easier though because you go direct to the source which would be a priest as opposed to like unless you die before you can get to the priest and then we call the sin eater yeah but but I'm I'm starting a show call the midwife but call the sin eater eater. what if though okay so if you're Catholic you have to confess your sins right but you're not gonna know all the the sins of the person that you sin ate for so how are you going to that's why you talk to the priest because the priest is the one who's gonna tell you 
what to do. Unless the I priest know. doesn't know. The yeah. priest can't not know. The priest can't not know. But if the, if, what if I did a bad in between the last time I talked to my priest yesterday and today when I'm dead, when I'm dead, when I'm dead, I'm, I'm dead. You know what I mean? I, I do. Like, oops, I murdered. It's almost like the system doesn't work. It's almost I mean, almost, like, let's not get crazy. It's Haley. almost like God created the system in which you fail in and then is extorting you to then succeed at it when it's impossible to fail. So that's you know what? I think God might be the bad guy. Oh. Wow, this is a different Duh. podcast. <laughs> this is sorry, Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish, yeah, yes. You got Eilish. Um, oh, let's see, villagers wouldn't even look them in the eye. They're just real dicks to these guys. Also, the church is pissed because they're taking away their gimmick. Like their gimmick is, to- hey, you need to talk to one mm-hmm. of us. And now they're like, well, yeah, but we didn't. So Whoops. We're we just going to get this guy. died on a Wednesday. Yeah. What do yeah. you want? Uh-huh. Yeah. You were busy. Yeah. <laughs> Grow up. However, oh, the uh, so-called last sin eater, Richard Munslow, he was a well-established farmer. Like, he had his shit together. But then three of his children died within a week. Oh. And out of grief, he was like, I'm i'm doing sin eating now and mm-hmm. he was like available for hire i'm so upset. i'm i'm certain that he did it for his children mm-hmm. and then was like more people need to be saved he, so he kind of martyred himself to yeah, it. yeah it was like a way that he dealt with grief grief munslow passed in 1906 and so sin eaters are over mostly we still have traditions that are basically all of us eating sins food remains an important part of funerals and mourning so much ice cream when you're sad (laughs) some traditions they might sound familiar in china lingering sins and wickedness ritually transfer into food and then that food is then consumed by family so literally the same thing early 20th century bavaria area families would sometimes put a corpse cake on the deceased Yum. and then the nearest relative would eat it i guess nearest to the person oh i thought just whoever they it's like right. getting iced like you like, <laughs> the you're like god damn it go open that cabinet oh. like you can go give me a fork and it's just a little with like their finger I mean, on yeah. it <laughs> i would 1000 percent be like hey kids there's cake over there yeah. on grandpa yep. in italy mourners eat cookies that are shaped like bones and organs called fucking metal ossi de morti which means bones of the dead and then germans often in funerals with lichen schmouth i need to see lichen. it is it l-e-i-c-h mm-hmm. so lichen yeah, so you pronounce the second. And then yeah, like schmaus. S-C-H-M-A-U-S. Uh-huh. Schmaus. Yeah. Yeah, you really got to overdo the sh- schmaus. Like a schmaus. Yeah, like schmutzig. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds right. I'm not like an expert. <laughs> no, we have our expert. Our okay. expert. German. German. Which means funeral feast. And then in 2012, locals in Radinghope worked to restore Richard Munslow's grave and care for the last senator, which I thought was really sweet. Like we're going to finally take care of one of them. That's nice. The whole time I was reading this, one thing they didn't mention as far as like what it could be related to, and I did find this elsewhere, was pagan roots. Like Mm -hmm. we are in... Mm pagan territory not all of that's gone away so that's part of it is like you know the the idea that spiritual negativity can be 
taken and removed from the earth or whatever. And then there's also an Aztec goddess of vice, purification, steam baths, lust, filth, and the Patronus of adulterers. Mm-hmm. I cannot and will not try to say her name, but her name means sacred filth, which <laughs> would go see that band and then the dying would confess to her and she would eat their filth so everyone's like oh this is a british isles mm-hmm. thing but it's like it's kind of an everywhere thing yeah right so yeah sin eaters i love them i'm sure that's what helped inspired uh, everyone's hero jk rowling when she was talking about death eaters yeah. mm-hmm. needs to eat her sins no She's she just... needs to wear those sins <laughs> across her to. face um so yeah sin eaters interesting i want to do more digging into like what all they've inspired there's a lot of movies that are based on it Mm -hmm. and i don't know it seems like something also that i i could see like modern day guillermo del toro make that movie yeah wanting to do oh yeah feeling that significant because it's a cool idea transfer i love a pastry into a pastry and chunk it out just try to think of like the concept of sin within like Wiccan or pagan communities isn't uh, right. really transferable in the same that's way. That's why I was right. kind of saying like negative energy. Like yeah. if this person had something negative that they had done or experienced, maybe that's what we're extracting in that. I mean, usually them. when you're feeding, if you're making something for somebody, it's because you're doing something to them. If you're feeding them something, then you're imbuing that with something else to get a desired result. Maybe you're just like, it's like a probiotic. Yeah. But probiotic <laughs> thoughts. You're like one of my friends. <laughs> You're really emotionally (laughs) constipated. I could use some probiotic. Damn. Honestly, emotionally constipated. That rang true for me in this moment. Okay, we need to do a second story. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Mine's mine's a funny. There's a finisher. Mine's a funny goofy. What do you got? Okay, mine's, it's a middle, it's a middle story. Okay. 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 Very middle. It's a middle. It's mid. Mid story. Um, mid. So we've talked about the Michigan Triangle recently. You have? I, yes. I did. And I looked it up. I think it's season three, episode 12, one giant hair from a nipple. Yeah. <laughs> Which was. You think it, it is. is. It could it be is. It anything. Is it is that one. So if you feel like listening to more Michigan Triangle shit, it's there. But this I didn't cover, probably because it wasn't like shipwreck related. This is the story of a guy named Stephen Kubacki. It's 1978. He's going to Hope College, which is a small private Christian university on the southeastern shore of Lake Michigan. And Stephen is very outdoorsy. He decides that he wants to go on a solo cross-country skiing trip. Number one, I don't understand anyone who would ever want to cross-country ski because it's horrible. They yeah. didn't have the internet, Whitney. I, I don't know. Maybe what that's else true. were they that's going true. to they do? They couldn't go on the internet. Crimes. So he's like, I'm only going to be gone Crimes for like skis. a day, maybe two. Like it's not... Not across the whole country, just part of this specific area of the country. It is snowy. It's February 1978. So he goes off on his trip and bum, 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 he doesn't return. Oh, no. Well, that could be anything. Yeah. So he leaves what they discover where he was cross-country skiing. They find a 200-yard trail of foot in the snow that leads past the edge of the lake the lake was frozen and so they think oh okay well the path ends abruptly at 200 yards into 
frozen lake snow whatever yeah. they're like he must have fallen through the ice oh i thought we were going with alien abduction yeah. i was gonna say two football games two football games worth yes how many eiffel football towers fields. is that though that i see i think it's like half of an eiffel tower 200 a feet it's, a, it's like a fifth of an eiffel yeah. tower okay eiffel tower is a th- about Okay, Eleven hundred thousand. I forget now. It's been so we long since I've been in Paris. Paris. So long. So <laughs> Haley in Paris, he must have drowned in some broken ice or whatever. Like it's it's hard to tell. It's fine. But he's seventy eight. Who gives it's a shit? Fine. Yeah. They also discover a couple days later two snowmobilers spot cross a pair of abandoned cross country skis with the backpack. They contact the authorities. They launch a land and air search. They find nothing, but they know that they're like looking for Steven. Steven's 23 at the time that he goes missing. Mm-hmm. He was a German major. German history, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. What a. Ugh. In 78? Yeah. German history. Yeah. That's like like World War II military guys. Yeah. Like you're a little too into this. Right before he vanished, though, he was pretty liberal. He co wrote an op ed for the campus newspaper about the inadequate collection of books in the university library. Well, maybe that's not very liberal saying that they should have an electronic security system to make sure people weren't stealing books. What a nerd. Yeah. Fucking nerd. He was also described as brilliant and more free-spirited than the average student at that school. That does not sound free-spirited. I mean, I think I get it. I get this guy. He's smart. He's forward-thinking. That's identity security that he's talking about. Like, security government stuff. He was also described as a big Dungeons and Dragons guy. I would have sex with this guy. Yes. We're finding out most of the people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> We're a lot of I'm, I will say there's been a lot of times that we've talked about somebody and I'm like, I get it. Mm, yep. Sin eater. Would have done I it. I mean, they got stories, right? They do. Oh, yeah. Lots of problems. Yeah. Love it. Fix them. He was an enthusiastic outdoorsman, climbed mountains a lot, studied abroad in Europe like Haley and Paris really did. really cool. He loved cross-country skiing. That's, I'm not and, into that. You know, I'd break them. That's why he was, that's who he was. Yeah. They didn't find anything. They're like, he must have fallen fucking through the ice or whatever. But then on May 5th, 1979, full year 14 later, 14 months later, yeah. Kubeki shows up <gasps> at his fucking dad's house and like knocks on the door. And they're like, what the holy fuck? Shit. I hate it when this happens. I, I and this happens it. a lot. So almost a full year after he more than a full year after he went missing, Kubeki says that he woke up in a grassy knoll in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which was over 700 miles East of where he had vanished. He is like, I have so many Eiffel Towers. So many Eiffel Towers. Just the amount of cigarettes you need to have to get, you know, plane tickets. (laughs) To even do that, like he couldn't have done it. So without his backpack, Lucy's aren't no memory of the past 14 and a half months. He didn't immediately realize how much time he had that had passed between him you know blacking out in michigan and waking up i get a it. year and a half it's almost later yeah, raise your hand if you've blacked out in michigan I mean, same oh, i have my dad almost fell in a fire buys a newspaper looks at the date and is like holy shit but he happened to be 
kind of close to a relative of his and he's like 20 miles away from Pittsfield. So he hitchhike is hitchhikes his way to his aunt's house and he she's like I can't believe you're here. What the fuck? And of course, this is like a news sensation. People are like, holy shit. And Kubeki is like, when I woke up, I was wearing clothes that I didn't know were, I know they weren't mine. I had a backpack filled with maps and hitchhiking signs that had suggested that I had traveled widely. He had maps from Sacramento, San Francisco, Reno, Chicago, and Utah. So basically everywhere. Yeah. Didn't, he had like to the, the soul West, of yeah. Meriwether Lewis jump into this. Right. <laughs> he had $40 cash, a new pair Ooh, of glasses, out. sneakers, and a t-shirt from a marathon in Wisconsin. So this is Forrest Gump. Shit. This yes, is major Forrest Gump. This is vibes. amnesia Forrest Gump. Yeah. He said, quote, I feel like I like my body feels like I've done a lot of running. He said in an interview the week he reappeared. Like healthy or tired? I think it's I both. think it's that Forrest Gump style running. Yeah. But he blacked when out ran, and I also ran. entered a marathon and got a t-shirt for it. Man, when I blacked out, I would just buy a bunch of shit on Amazon. Yeah. To be fair, though, if he Still. was just like hitchhiking, he could have picked up a shirt like that. Anywhere. Yeah, a thrift store. You know. yeah. yeah. So or given to him by a you have to, like, register. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the process. You, you, have, to pay ha- you have to pay your dues. He does some like fundraising like yes. door to door he's like i'm trying to get in anyways okay say like, sure what's your name he, I don't know. <laughs> he says his memory right he me- remembers everything perfectly right up until his disappearance and the last thing he remembered was feeling very cold and was scared of being lost in frozen darkness He told a reporter that he thought his blackout was caused by exhaustion and exposure. And he said that he was going to go see a doctor for a physical, but he wasn't going to see a psychiatrist. That's very nice. That's a very man thing. He insisted that he was healthy fully in frame of mind when he set off on the skiing trip and that when he came to, he still was mentally sound. But what about that other time, sir? Mm-hmm. He that just, one time where you blacked out for 14 months, months and yeah. ran a marathon. But he was like, It only happened no. once. I'm yeah. fine. Y'all go, oh, keep bringing this up. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal. I don't know why you're all freaking out about this. So while he was presumed dead, the college he had gone to awards him a bachelor's degree in absentia. Oh, I thought that they were so, like hunting him down for student So he was loans. already close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But... Uh, so he was close enough to actually graduating. Give, I thought they give They're like, I mean, why not? Nothing. They're like, well, he's dead. We'll just be what like, he gonna sure, do? he graduate. Back. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. It, what was it a bachelor's in? Uh, like German, German history. What stuff. if they like gave him like a doctorate in like surgery? Right. They like, <laughs> like we can't take it, it back. Lay yeah, it on. Get your surgery now. But apparently, even people who had investigated the disappearance and not fully assumed that he had fallen through the ice were like, "What if he was a victim of one of John Wayne Gacy's un- unidentified victims?" Mm. So they had sent off his dental records to whatever police that were handling that he wasn't yeah he wasn't 
identified also, that as wasn't one of those. Casey's like mo. Like he would, he kind of, it was young guy, like young kids, like seventeen to nineteen. And I mean, he was. He, he was in his. He was twenty three. Yeah. What I'm saying, he's too old for Gacy. Okay. And Jesus. So yeah, he just fucking comes back for decades. Since then, he's refused to speak about his disappearance with reporters. He's ignored every attempt to be reached. His ex-wife also was like, I'm not saying a peep. His parents are dead. They had spent thousands on private investigators when he went missing, but they never said anything about it either. This story doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. People don't fully pay attention to it anymore but because it's part of the lake michigan triangle and people are getting more interested in that um, he's still alive and he is still fucking he'd be like alive. mom's age yeah he's yeah. not yeah. old so he went on to get his masters he has his own website and it's called What's his name it's his name it's stevenkubacki.com s-t-e-v-e-n is it just like a static page that says don't <laughs> just don't i mean it might as well like so he is he has a phd in old greek shit and german shit he's smart history dude so he writes a lot of stuff yeah in his bio on his website it never mentions anything about his disappearance and reappearance and he, yeah, just looks like a normal professor looking dude. And he's still publishing stuff today. I, you have to assume that he has like a manuscript. Right. You know, and he's just waiting. Like, like you when have I have to say something. So the theory. Yeah, I was about to say, what are the theories so behind it? There are obviously a few theories. First up, we have was he kidnapped? So, mm, yeah. The problem with that is that. There were only tracks for one person out where the 200 yards into the lake disappeared. So Jesus Could wasn't been, walking. Yeah, right. Where was Jesus with that? On his um, shoulders. He was on the yeah. beach like in the sand where he always is. Yes. <laughs> he won't so, leave the sand. <laughs> <laughs> there was no struggle. You know, they found his bag. They found his other stuff. There was no evidence of anybody who kidnapped him. Also, nobody really knew he was out there in the first place. So if they were trying to, like, plan a kidnapping they wouldn't really you know don't that think he was wait hold up what? what if it was uh the three people that were ritually stealing books out it, of the library this is all library like, related this is big library yeah, mm-hmm. big library mm-hmm. the second theory big is what y'all thought which was he abducted aliens. by an alien yeah. because they're the footprints just stop the what he describes is like literally not remembering anything at all for 14 months disappearing and just randomly waking up in a field they could have had him on a hamster wheel and that's why he was running so much see there you go but that's like common with people who are abducted abducted, Mm -hmm. claim claim to to have been abducted they were we all know (laughs) i trust them i do but obviously the problem with that theory is that there's no proof the last one Mainly is people think it's mental illness related or trauma Mm -hmm. because he was at that age where people who exhibit, I don't know, schizophrenia or certain things like that. Early 20s when that kicks in. Kicks in. So the two things that they thought it could have been were psychogenic amnesia or dissociative amnesia which is a memory disorder characterized by sudden retrograde episodic memory loss. 
that can occur for a period of time ranging from from hours to years to decades. Which that's a fun thing that your you brain know, can just fucking your brain decide can to just do. Fully dissociative amnesia yourself, and the other one is a fugue state. So dissociative fugue or a fugue steak is a mental behavioral you say fugue steak. Mm-hmm. Fugue steak. Medium We're in rare. The meat verse. Um, <laughs> the meat verse. The meat verse. Uh, it's a behavioral disorder classified uh, as dissociative disorder. And it can, it's a rare psychiatric abnormality characterized by reversible amnesia for one's own personal identity, including memories, personality, and other identifying characteristics of individuality. So those are the other two things that they think possibly happen. But no one will ever know because he refused and still does refuse as to go far as to we know, any psychiatrist. Maybe... Well, publicly go to any yeah. psychiatrist. Yeah, a psychiatrist got him. It could be. It could fucking Tell be. me about your feelings. And then now he's like, I'm not telling anybody Buddy, about my, my feelings. feelings. The weird the part about it is. me and I'm still pissed. Yeah. Nowhere that like I no looked was exactly like, I think because it was so generally accepted that he had fallen through the ice and yeah. just drowned. People weren't even People weren't even it. looking for him other than like that one investigator their parents hired. Yeah. So there were no sightings. I, he had to have met and people also, like, along the yeah. way, obviously. His, his story isn't that special or it's interesting. Not, sure, it was the late 70s. He's also not like... Yeah, he's just a normal A white woman dude. or like... Yeah, yeah, he's just a dude. And also as many, especially around that time frame, I think as we all know from... Um, just being interested in true crime is when somebody went missing, they were, ran just, away. They just they ran away. Exactly. There was very little care. Yeah. And if there was an obvious Reason. thing that probably happened, they're just gonna go with that. Yeah. A lot of people, the other, I guess, if it's a theory or not, people think that he's full of shit, and it's like, he oh, just, you just didn't want your life anymore, so you fucked off for a year and a half, and then decided maybe. to come back. The gumption that you have to have to do something like that, especially because I'm, I, I assume maybe they did some type of accounting forensics stuff like that that would show if he had money that he could do that with you can't do that alone it's so difficult to just be like bye i mean if he went like full-on hitchhiker mode didn't have any cash of his own just got cash along the way as it came to him and it existed kind of as a transient Winnie, it's but a mystery. But also, a lot abandoning of money to get into a your marathon. fucking cross country skis in like snowy terrain in the middle of a lake and leaving. Well, the your idea backpack. would be is you had something else. True. Yeah. True. The backpack though is odd to me. Well, you the, probably had stuff to live off of, even if right. that might was have, a fake one. But might, that yeah, is the way to like, convince people that you did actually die, because a person who wanted to survive wouldn't leave behind. He stole all the books. Oh my he god. Fucking book. Oh my god! The call is coming from inside, inside the house. house. Yeah. It's true, but and that's that's, what, that's the story that's of insane. Stephen Kubecki who disappeared and reappeared. I hope that he comes out with something posthumously He's fucking better. Or he not. What a troll! That's he won't do anything. Yeah, I bet he won't. Deathbed confession. Though. Yeah, give us that DBC. You know. <laughs> That's sweet, sweet. DBC. I really need to stop sitting on this bench because it always hurts my back. Well, we can, I know the chair is right there. Yeah. I can literally just or sort you of could, sit over I there. I can set you up on that side no, instead. Uh, for next, next time. time. 
Okay, my, mine's a silly, goofy one. We didn't have any serious ones this time. I feel like the last time we talked, they were all kind of... Maybe that's why we were like... We're like, oh, I can't do another... That's okay. Yeah. Silly, goofy. I feel like a lot... Because when I look at stories to do, a lot of them are like true crime where somebody like gets murdered. Right. And I'm trying to... I'm more uncomfortable with that the kind of like older I get, I guess. I don't know. The more I think about the exploitive Same. nature of true yeah. crime. I... I it's been a while since I've done a straight up murder, murder. anything. I have like a bunch of them pulled up and then I, I read two paragraphs in and I'm like, this is fucking heavy. So yeah. sad. Mine's not that. So <laughs> in 1876, Abraham Lincoln's body was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not that. Mine... <laughs> so the assassinated president. Yeah, it's fine. We're all over that, right? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I'm, it's a little close to you. It's... I can still upsetting. I think I have a backup. Inherited. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's something trauma. like, you know, it's an, it, an actor did it. <clears throat> it's my penis. Anyways, so Abraham's Lincoln's. <laughs> Abraham's Lincoln's. I have a real hard time saying Abraham's Lincoln. And I always want to say Abraham. Abraham add a extra R like in it. nuclear Abraham Abraham Abe I'm gonna say Abe Abe Lincoln's 16th yeah. president was put in, in a marble mausoleum in Springfield Illinois which uh, was Oak Ridge Cemetery it had arrived in Springfield in May of 1865 which was roughly two weeks after his assassination by John Wilkes Booth little it's pretty fast at, turnaround. at Ford's uh, theater in Washington DC yeah he went on like a 13 day tour, tour yeah in that area so two weeks later beginning of May he was assassinated on April 15th. That he gets to Springfield, Illinois. And I had always assumed that presidents would get buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Mm-mm. No. Lincoln was born in Kentucky, grew up in Indiana, and then was president in Washington, D.C. And that's where he was assassinated. And he's buried in Illinois because he had developed very strong community ties there. And a couple of years before he was assassinated, he wrote that Springfield is my home and there more than anywhere else are my lifelong friends. So that's kind it's of like sweet. Mm-hmm. that he was going to die and he wanted to be buried there yeah Probably. yeah yeah eventually he knew he, <laughs> he was die. gonna die yeah i don't plan on it oak ridge was a rural 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 dorver rural cemetery located about two miles outside of springfield um, and the members of the national lincoln monument association were in charge of the organization and maintaining of lincoln's tomb so he died in 1965 showed up in illinois that same year a weeks later but the tomb wasn't fully completed until 1864. And then after that point, Lincoln and two of his sons who had died mm-hmm. before 1865. Mm-hmm. Well, and he had one more that died in 1872. Really fucked up, Mary. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they all ended up in the tomb regardless, right? The tomb didn't have any security patrolling around it. And the only thing really standing between like Lincoln's body and the public was the tomb chamber door itself and mm-hmm. a padlock that was on it. The sarcophagus itself was a lid. It was sealed, but not with cement like n- most sarcophagi so vampire style slide yeah. off yeah yep cool. so it was sealed with plaster of paris um the absence of rigorous security measures seemed reasonable yeah though the practice of body snatching or resurrectionists at the time was actually a great risk it was mostly to fresh bodies yeah because yeah. they wanted to do experiments exactly mm. so like a nearly decade old mostly decayed corpse had very little use for um autonomous research so they nobody's really concerned yeah. about that so why would anyone have any use for stealing Abraham Lincoln's body? Well, there's a lot of haters. So Big Jim Kinley was a notorious Chicago-based counterfeiter in the mid-19th century. Originally, he was working as a bill shover or passer. So those are the people who actually like will go out and tr- use the money to get real money back. So it's the like on the streets counterfeiting. Oh. Right. So like, they're called shovers. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's aggressive. I guess you shove it in their hand like right away. Mm-hmm. Be like, ah, I gotcha. Anyways, so he ended up serving a five-year prison sentence in the Illinois State Penitentiary for passing a bogus $50 bill. And at that point, he was like, mm, I don't need to be the guy on the street on this. So I'm just going to get into like the production and distribution of counterfeit bills. He was going to kind of move up in that crime. I don't know. Would you call it like career mapping? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. He did his annual review. Yeah. And he said, I really need I to know what. New goals. You know what I like? Shoving. <laughs> <laughs> I like shoving, but I feel like that my skill set has, like, my knowledge base is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole five years in the pen, don't, not my path. So we're going to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So it, that would keep his hands a little bit cleaner of all of this. So, well, he's not touching so much gross, gross money. No, he's getting other people to touch it yeah. and to shove it places. So one of Big Jim's printers, this guy named Ben Boyd, uh, was considered the very best engraver and his five dollar plates were so perfect and so prevalent at the time that the treasury of the united states had to stop circulating five dollar bills because they cannot tell the difference between real ones and (laughs) fake ones oh for a time before they could like change measures or whatever so he was like the best he was really good at crime um yeah so they putting some things together yeah counterfeiting was a huge issue at the time and very destabilizing if you can't if you know if you have a fiat currency as it no they still have the gold standard back then regardless if you can't guarantee the worth of your money in a country then it will destabilize your entire economy and at that time between a third and a half of all money in circulation was counterfeit this is the early 1850s 1860s spiritualism was also really big at the time i think we're getting some so for some reason, this the period of time is very interesting is to wild. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Civil War, all that kind of stuff. It was so bad that Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, in the early 1860s, so before he got assassinated, established a commission whose, <laughs> whose sole purpose was to suppress counterfeit currency. And over time, this commission eventually became the Secret Service. In 1875, Ben Boyd, who is our expert engraver, makes the best goddamn mm-hmm. counterfeit money ever. An um, artist, truly. Really, like, uh, amazing, right? He was arrested by the Secret Service and um, sentenced to 10 years in the Illinois State Penitentiary, which left um, Big Jim and his network of counterfeit criminals jobless. They completely and solely relied on this guy's ability to create currency to do their job, which was mm-hmm. indeed crime. Can I so, Yeah, so Big Jim was in, like, a really rough spot, and he was like, okay, I got to get this guy out. I got to get him out of jail. And he then hatched the dumbest plan to get Ben Boyd sprung from jail and back to counterfeit printing. He was going to steal the body of the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just have Nick Cage in my mind with this because mm-hmm. like, yes. so if that's who Big Jim is to me at this point, <laughs> Big Jim recruited two members of his gang, Terrence Mullen, who was a saloon, saloon keeper. He owned a saloon called the The Hub. Um, oh, cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was his. Yeah, I'd cute. There. I'd go there too. Maybe not now. Um, and Jack and Jack Hughes, who was a passer and also a nickel counterfeiter, really good nickel counterfeiter, not as good as a five dollar counter, mm. just the scale. They alone. like to work in fives. I'm, I'm yeah. picking up. Yeah, well, the five ten kind of standard on that. All of our money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he got Mullen and Hughes on board with this idea. And the idea was they would steal the body, hold it for ransom, and demand the release and pardon of Ben Boyd. 
and also probably give us two hundred thousand dollars. That was the whole. That's so point. much money. That, then, yeah, it was millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's but, like Austin and, Powers yeah. when he's asking for one million. Yeah. But yeah. like the opposite. <laughs> yeah, like that's not even that much money. It's the second one where he's like four billion. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That money doesn't exist. So that that was the plan. They were gonna hold Abraham Lincoln's body for ransom to get their counterfeit friend out of jail and pardon and also you have to give us two hundred thousand dollars this is a fucking awesome 80s movie it's very weekend at bernie's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. afternoon at abraham's yeah oh god <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the mausoleum I just don't okay. tailgate so <laughs> you'll notice that none of these dummies are body snatchers they're counterfeiters mm-hmm. hughes and mullen reached out to this guy named lewis Sweagles. No, he sounds leave like it a alone. body snatcher. No. Leave it alone. Sweagles, who was like a small town criminal in their circle, uh, small time criminal in their circle. And they thought he was a grave robber. I've seen this in a couple of places and there was no substantiating that. They're just like, Sweagles, he seems like a grave robber. Mm-hmm. Right. So they talked to him and Sweagles is like, hell yeah, sign me up. I'm totally down to steal Abraham Lincoln's body. What Hughes and Mullen did not know is that Sweagles was a paid informant for the Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sweagles. Yeah. So they have this idea together. So it's Big Jim, who is the ringleader of this concept, trying to get Ben Boyd out of jail. Hughes and Mullen are the two guys that are going to go do it. And they've roped in Sweagles, who is the assumed body snatcher who's actually an fbi informant or a, a secret service informant this is pre-fbi that's so funny it like, is because he went into it being like i'm gonna pretend to be a body snatcher you know like, what I, mean? I don't even know if he did that he was just around so he was already informing for the secret service because the the chicago pd had let him off of a lesser charge a couple of years ago. And so he basically became beholden to the PD okay. secret service guy. And so, because count, that's the whole thing is counterfeiting was so bad at the time. And especially in Chicago in those areas, that was what he was doing. He was informing on counterfeiters. Um, and he just happened to be part of the conversation because people assumed he was a body snatcher to like right. pull off this stupid fucking thing. Anyways, the day of the heist, Sweagles, Mullen, and Hughes were in Oak Ridge and they spent some time at the cemetery kind of planning out the heist. So I just see three of them stand, standing in front of this. It's, you know, it's huge. It's not like a little mall. It's like a whole fucking thing, mm-hmm. right? And they're just standing there looking at it, trying coming actively coming up with the plan on how they're gonna pull this off and they're doing it in that night yeah, or whatever the, that day okay <laughs> so they, they they had come in from chicago because again it's a it's uh springfield it's not in chicago it's outside of it so they come in they train hop to get there behind them on the same train is the is the secret service <laughs> <laughs> And they don't know. They have no idea because I think the thing, I'm assuming the Secret Service are like in the train car and they're like, they've hopped They're train. all just rolling their right. eyes like, yeah. And then guys. so they yeah. like, but they had done some pre planning. So they, they got this kid named um, Billy Brown who was going to be the getaway driver. And so Sweagle goes to Billy Brown who is also kind of like vaguely an informant was like, hey, I'm pulling a fast one on these idiots. Will you come and pretend that you're going to be the getaway driver? So they all get on the train and they have to ride it through the night to get to Chicago. And so they're like, yeah, we're doing this and like everyone goes to bed <laughs> then Sweagle like slips Billy Brown 15 bucks and is like okay you can fuck off and he like rolls off the train and he's like done with his job Amazing. and so when they wake up and they're like where they're supposed to be they're like yeah yeah he's gonna meet us later <laughs> and they go so <laughs> they're so stupid 
stupid. Anyways, okay. There's so many assumptions going on <laughs> there here. Really are. Okay, so they're at the grave, like figuring out how they're gonna get in, and they're like, I think we can kick down the door, and they're like, oh, I don't know, and so they're so they kind of come up with a plan, and immediately they part ways for the evening. And Sweagles and goes to the Secret Service and says, this is the plan. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> in the evening, a little bit later on, Secret Service come with like the local PD and they set up like the sting and they're like mm-hmm. waiting in the wings, right? At about nine o'clock at night, the crooks get to the mausoleum and they cannot get the first door open. Like I said, it's a padlock. That's right. the only mm-hmm. thing. They're all criminals. None of them can pick a lock. They don't know how to do it. Okay. Um, they had bought, which I didn't know this was a thing, but it's cool, a professional burglars saw because they saw that this was going to be a problem if they couldn't kick in the door immediately broke it <laughs> i like the idea that it was labeled like professional burglars it makes me think saw. of one of those things that like the back of a boy's life magazine yes. yeah where it's absolutely. like absolutely like oh, x-ray glasses we ordered yeah. out for this or like a vacuum hovercraft mm-hmm. so mullen tries to use that breaks it <laughs> So they have to get a file and file the padlock Old off. school prison Old school. style. It takes them like a half hour. So they're there filing. That's faster the than cops, I thought. The yeah. cops mentioned because they were like hiding. That they're All like, they heard of them was like cursing. <laughs> like, That's so well, I guess they funny. Can't, what, they can't arrest them until no, they try so to they need steal to get the them, body. You have them at, they need them in the mausoleum right. doing the act for them to like come in and do it. So just breaking and entering is breaking and entering. So they're, they really want them like in there in the shit so they can come in because there's like 40 goddamn cops cops right so (laughs) cops are hiding finally they get the lock off and they come in and it's a mausoleum with a sarcophagus which is like a marble sarcophagus Mm -hmm. and then inside is going to be the casket itself so they go to get the sarcophagus off cannot get the sarcophagus off because it's too heavy and they realize that it's like sealed and so they're trying to like get it off and Mullen is like fuck it so he has a sledgehammer that he brought with him so he goes up to start just fucking wailing on this thing and Sweagles who is like oh that's not good is like no 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 you might hurt the body if we hurt the body then we oh, don't have the anything body. they're not they're not gonna I'm a, want they're not gonna it want it Lincoln's and he's like he's like okay and so they did take a little bit more time and they finally got it off they realized how it was sealed just with like plaster mm-hmm. of Paris and they were they were able to get it off and then they get to the actual casket and they realized they did not consider at all how they were going to get a 500 pound casket out of the mm-hmm. sarcophagus down a hill into, into yes. the getaway car. They didn't think about any of these They things. didn't. They really didn't. And so they're like sitting there and they're like, okay, well, do we open it and get the body? And they're like, well, we can't open it because it's like even more. And so there's, they're literally Benny Hill music is playing in the they're background and they're trying. Lincoln's it's like mummy over guys. their shoulder and run out. Okay. So they finally get to the point where they're able to kind of get a fulcrum start to get it out or whatever. And so this is the point where Sweagle's like, okay, I need to signal for the cops Mm -hmm. to come in at this point. It's time. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to go signal to Billy Brown down the hill, who's definitely there, who I definitely Mm -hmm. didn't give 15 bucks just to fuck off. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go signal to him that we're almost ready so he can drive up. And they're like, "Okay, cool. So Sweagle goes out and lights a cigar. And that's the signal Mm -hmm. for the cops to come in. So they see that and the cops start rushing in surrounding the place and they have their guns drawn and they're ready to go. And like a fucking dumb dumb, one of them accidentally fires their gun. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. And so immediately Hughes and Mullet are like, fucking it's the fuzz. And they like scatter and they run and the cops 
don't know who shot the gun. They just heard a gunshot. So they had assumed it was the criminal. So they rush in. There are no lights anywhere because they didn't bring lanterns with them. So half the people are running, shooting, trying <laughs> to find these criminals. Other people are trying to get lanterns and find the custodian because there was a custodian to like help them get. And then they see two dudes run up the hill and they're like, go get them. So they're running and they're shooting at each other and they get to the top of the hill to the two guys. And the two guys are two other cops. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Hughes and Mullen are gone they're gone <gasps> and so huge failure for that police department and the secret service who basically had this thing fucking handed to them and totally just totally bungled, bungled it. it luckily Lincoln was still there no huge reparable damage to the actual like whatever so Hughes and Mullen are in hiding and by that I mean they go directly back to the saloon where they had originally hatched the plan and were arrested two days later <laughs> So, oh my god, we're not dealing with anybody who has a full deck of cards by any means. So, well, what can you charge? I mean, obviously, yeah. like breaking conspiracy, and yeah, yeah, conspiracy to goofery, goofery, yeah. goober, dumb, dumb, gooberism. Dumb. Then the cops would have to be charged with that too because they kind of fucked yeah. that up pretty bad, anyways. So, the cops. You know, even though they fucked up, they immediately arrested them a couple days later. In their trial, they tried to argue that it was actually Swiegel's idea. And since he was working with the Secret oh Service, it was entrapment. Did not work. Mm-hmm. Too, they had like written letters in prison basically being like, this is what we're going to say. Oh my God. <laughs> like, they're so fucking stupid. It's Idiots. So funny. So Hughes and Mullen were sentenced to Illinois State Penitentiary for one year each, of which one day they would have to spend in solitary confinement. And all I think is they did that because they had to think about what they did. Yes. <laughs> right. Know? Now you sit there. You sit there and you think for one day all by yourself what you did. And then the balance of which would be hard labor. Yeah. And prison records show that they they did serve their full sentences. One year. I, that seems appropriate. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If anything, like, y'all the are... pride. And the thing is, like, the PD and the Secret Service upheld their capture as this huge deal for them. That It's like, y'all are fucking idiots. Idiots also. Oh Everyone's a dummy. Yeah. After Hughes got out of jail, he disappeared. Like, there's no really record of anything he moved on to do. Mullen got out and kept doing crime. It looks like mostly fraud and robbery, so kind of boring. Big Jim, who was our idea man, um, eventually got caught with, again after he got out with possession of like bogus currency and he was sent to the Illinois state pen for 10 years where his friend Ben Boyd was still serving his original sentence. So they were eventually reunited in the end, which is kind of sweet. And making fun prison money. Yeah. Fun prison yeah. money. Monopoly money. Teaching but, art classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably something real sweet. What's Lincoln's body up to now? <laughs> <laughs> where are you at? Where are you at? Question well, I mean, on like, everyone's mind. What's <laughs> left of it? We're, you know, past the like 150 oh, year yeah. mark. That's dust. Anyways. So right after the body was attempted to be stolen, the custodian of the tomb, who I kind of mentioned earlier, his name was John Carroll Power. He uh, realized that this was like all that you could just very easily literally breaking a padlock and having a couple strong dudes could get you to the body of a president, like the best president we probably ever had. Right. So he came up with a solution. The immediate solution would just be to bury the body where nobody could find it. So him and a couple other people took Lincoln to a shallow unmarked grave and buried him in like the basement until they could figure out something more secure to do with him. And then Lincoln's coffin was moved 17 times between him being like in the Maz. moved to the mausoleum and then actually finally interred one because of what happened with this is they did not know how to keep it safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So the other thing you have to think about is if some idiots could almost do it, people who were professionals could definitely, could definitely do, it. do it and if they got wind of it 
they would go try and do it, right? So the coffin itself was opened on five separate occasions. I don't know why they kept opening it, but they I would. Did. I'd be like, I just check take on a. You still in here? Um, also, the first time they opened it, which is um, before they initially entombed him, he was actually really well preserved, even though his head was all fucked up. Like that was still there, yeah. but the rest was actually pretty well preserved. Why was his head fucked up? He fell down. Mm. Oh, onto um, a bullet. Onto a bullet. And eventually, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was reinterred in the tomb in September of 1901 under several tons of reinforced cement. So he's still in the tomb, but he's not in the main mausoleum. He's literally just like in the ground under cement so not getting them out not getting them out the last time anybody ever saw him was in 1901 and it was like a, actually i don't know why they mentioned this in one of the articles but it was some kid who was like five got a look at him it was like that's a dead president he was the last person Dang. to ever see and then his he face found a dead president yep wow yep. damn so that's just a uh, silly goofy fun time and those people are dum-dums They're and i love dumb-dums. stories about dum-dums me too yeah Good job, Haley. Oh, I've never said that to her before, so I take it back. Not like in earnest. You've been like, good job, Haley. And it's because I drank syrup and got caught and mom got the syrup. Now mom, yeah. Yeah. Syrup under lock and key. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. Well, cool. That's it, man. That was a good little run. I'm just thinking about how many things had to go wrong in that. <laughs> Nothing went so right. So many. Literally. Yeah. There, like, there were even like, not even thinking. The cops fucked no. it up. I just love the idea that they got some like teenager just to be like, tell them that you know how to drive a car. And they're like, seems legit. Yes. What was the plan <laughs> before? It. To hop know. back on a train, train right. with like a 500 pound casket? With they a did stiff... not think about this. Yeah. I just, it never really goes into like description of so they wanted to get their friend out of prison and the thing that they thought was to steal the body of a president. Yeah. Like what like what happened in if, between? Yeah. But also if they had successfully done that, why would they release him and not just mm. take mm-hmm. him back to prison? Mm-mm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Cool. We're we're going to release you sure. Yeah, we, he wrote it down that you were going to do that. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to be held yep. to that. Oh. Psych. Oh, you wanted two hundred thousand dollars? No worries. Yeah. That's how much money we have in the bank in the United States right. in eighteen seventy five. And only a third of it is fake. Yes. Yeah, seriously. We're just gonna give you your fake money back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's that I just think it's hilarious that that much money was counterfeited. Money's fake, right? We've all I agreed mean, that money's sure. fake. Yeah. But like at that point, the economy is fine with it being in there. So just start honoring it and pretend like everything's cool. I assume that's what they had to do. I mean, that's kind of what you do with yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's well, true. And also, if they couldn't even identify it themselves, how do they really know how much? How was do we know now? I just know that you get a pin and you hit it, the $100 yeah. Mm-hmm. bills. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you hit the 20s. Depending yeah. On, depends on where 20s. you are. That's why you go with fives. You go with yeah. the smalls. Easier to wash. Nobody's looking for them. Our nickels. Just yeah, set of nickels. Classic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, follow us, rate us on hot or not, and uh, we'll see you next time in your ears in the meat verse in the meat verse. Oh. <laughs>